the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views of the host and guests are their own, and not those of 9.30 a.m. The Answer or Salem Communications. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. On 9:30 a.m., the answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Jerry Parsons, and uh, we got some of your calls already waiting for us. Uh, in just a second, we got a busy day today uh, here at the nursery. There's lots of stuff going on. We've got the blood drive that's happening today till 1:30. Um, how was the uh, the lines and stuff, Calvin? Were they? Uh, uh, um, Charles said it was pretty busy, but uh, yeah, there were a lot. There were a lot of folks when I got good. here. <clears throat> And I looked looked at the line and and I and they stuck out, somebody stuck out their head and, and said who's next and I said what about appointments oh good did you make an appointment yeah well I had yeah so they moved me way ahead I was okay. felt a little bad but uh, that's 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 the key to this is those appointments but. The uh, blood drive is going on today till 1.30, and uh, Millburgers has teamed up with the South Texas Blood and Tissue Center, um, and uh, they are saying, hey, listen, there's an urgent supply, urgent demand for blood, um, and so Millburgers said, here's what we're going to do. We are going to uh, go ahead and um, give, instead of our $10 gift certificate to everyone that tries to give blood, we're going to double that and give a $20 gift certificate. So... Uh, when you come on out and try to give blood, Millburgers will give you a little extra something, a little extra love for your effort. So you've still got plenty of time to hop in the car or turn the car around and head on over to Millburgers here at 1604 on Bull Road. So that's today until 1.30. So come on by and show us your, uh, your certificate, and uh, we'll applaud you on the air. The other <laughs> thing that's happening is we've got a cool interview coming up. Uh, we're going to talk to Dean Norton, who is the uh, Director of Horticulture at George Washington's Mount Vernon. He's going to be in San Antonio coming up on uh, the 20th. Uh, that's two Saturdays from now at the Steve's House. It's a presentation uh, that's being put on by the uh, San Antonio Conservation Society. He's going to talk about preservation, restoration, and conservation of Mount Vernon and the gardens they have there. He'll talk about his book. He'll, uh, there'll be some uh, light bites and mimosas. And um, it's $30 for members, 35 for non-members, free to children under 10. And there'll be door prizes from Mount Vernon. And uh, the reservations are required. This is going to be in the Steve's home. Uh, and that's at, uh, where did my address go? Um, I'll get you the address in just two shakes of a lamb's tail. But the number to call is 224-6163, and we're going to talk to him about uh, 1230. We'll reach out to him 
and talk to him. And the the lamb is already shaking, shaking his. Yeah, five oh nine King slide. William. If you don't know where it is, but anyway, it's more like four shakes of the lamb. <laughs> yes, and this was cold, so the shakes are a little <laughs> slower than normal. But yeah, so that's gonna be fun. We'll talk to him about what he's gonna talk about, what his job is there, some of the challenges, the history of the gardens, uh, all that good stuff. That's at twelve thirty. So. All right, 210-308-8867, and Joan is on the line, already called in, so I know this is an important question. Hi there, Joan. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Fine. Thank you very much for your help. You've helped me a lot over the years, and I need your advice about a possible problem. I, I can't find a certified arborist in the area where I live. Now, I have a, about a 60-year-old sycamore that's a very large tree, and I've noticed over the last year or two on the southeast side uh, three or four little holes about three inches in diameter, about three inches deep into the trunk of the tree. And just recently I have noticed some little this, – this, these are spaced about – Oh, up to eight feet from the roots, and uh, the outer layer of bark has also peeled away on about that area, and uh, I, it seems to be solidly rooted. But so I had a friend who is into gardening. Just take a look. I've noticed some little hairline cracks in this area as well, too, uh, horizontal cracks, and he suggested that rather than cut down the tree because it still seems to be in pretty good shape, that I get some of this spray foam that they use to seal exterior leaks and just fill these holes and cracks and the bark area with that and smooth it over. Does that? I'd like your advice as to whether that's a good thing to do. Well, it doesn't hurt anything, <clears throat> but it's not... It, it's, it doesn't add anything to the life of no, the tree. No, would, would it stop this process if if I fill this in and and nothing gets any worse? No, no, it's just a it's just a cosmetic uh, cosmetic oh. thing. And the, the reason it's desirable is that it doesn't change the the, the uh, center of gravity or the way we used to put the concrete in those hollow areas and it messed up. And the dynamics of the, the structure of the tree that that foam doesn't do it. Where are you that you can't that there's no certified arborist? I'm way out in the corner of Wilson County, and and uh, there's just no one closer than San Antonio, I guess. Okay. Well, I would uh, have you have you talked to Brian Davis, the the extension agent there in Wilson County? Uh, no, but a friend of mine had talked with him at, on a similar problem, and this was what he recommended also. Yeah. Uh, of course, is, he hasn't that, looked at this particular tree, but yeah. I, I just, you know, I don't want to lose a tree. I don't want to have to cut it down. On the other hand, I, I don't want it to fall on the house either. You, you know, is it a is it a regular sycamore, American sycamore, do you know? I guess because it's about 60 years old, I think that was what they planted back then, wasn't it? Yeah. Now that, and now it, that, it's, I, I guess the trunk is about two feet or more in diameter, and, uh, you know, it, it's a beautiful tree. That's the, um, 
That's one of the reasons Jerry and I don't recommend the American Sycamore. Because I know they cli- don't anymore, yeah. but, you in know, back climate, then, that was a they, good treat. They get, they get big, and then they... Then they they get uh, boars, yeah, and relatively or and fungus and boars take your pick all of them. Um, is it is it threatening to your uh, house? Well, it it has leaned for years just slightly to the southeast because of the prevailing winds, of course, which have pushed it that way since it was small, I suppose, and and it would fall on a corner of my house if it were to fall. Okay. So not maybe not a direct threat. No, so not, a, not a direct head and not the main trunk, but some of the limbs. And uh, maybe I could just have it pruned back on that side. I just don't know what to do. Well, I, I, think, I think you need to get an expert look at it. I, and Jerry can, will offer what he thinks, too. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, I think I would... Uh, talk directly to Ryan, the Davis at the uh, extension office in Wilson County, and see who who the closest certified um, arborist is. If I remember right, I think the Wilson County News lists several arborists. Uh, oh, really? I just I hadn't looked. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I'm just. Uh, I'm, Involved with a number of uh, newspapers, but but I, will will yeah. they come out? Well, of course, for a fee they will. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, someone well, would you, come out. Yeah, but uh, even if you have to pay a fee, it'd be um, worth it. It's worth. Yeah, it's worth it. You need you need the, you need the diagnosis in terms of the tree, and also in in terms of the your property and protecting your safety, okay. uh, because they're they're notorious. You know, once they start that yeah. decline, they... Well, do you uh, have a list anywhere on your uh, website or any place of arborists in the San Antonio area? No, but we've got, we've got, lot, there's lots of them in, uh, I don't know if you ever get the Express News yeah. every day, there, there's there's listed there. Uh, and just uh, just going to the internet, can you get on the internet? Yes. Yeah, just go yes, to. I can. Yeah, just go to certified arborist. The other thing, the other option you have, you could call the uh, Texas Forest Service, the regional forester. And, okay. And th- okay. And they may, they may be. Uh, I think you need you need to have Brian come out, the forester come out, or a certified arborist. And, okay. And, and, well, I thank you. As I said, you've, you've just given me so much help over the years with many, many things, and I've learned a lot, and I just felt like your advice would be helpful, and indeed it is. I'll just have to, to broaden my search a little and find somebody. Okay, Jerry, you want to add anything? Yeah, uh, one thing on that, I, I think you have boars, which are notorious getting in sycamore. Uh, and uh, generally... The tree will die before it will fall. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, and so if if it dies, well, then you, 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 you definitely down. have to get it removed. Yeah, yeah. So until that happens, you're safe. You, you just relatively safe. You're relatively safe. Okay, I'm I'm elderly, so maybe I'll outlive the tree. 
There you go. That's the right attitude. That's a spirit. <laughs> Thanks, Joan. You got a reason. You got a reason to keep living. Yeah, you got to keep living. You're gonna show that tree who's yeah. boss. Well, and, 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 maybe the tree will outlive me, and I won't have to make the decision. Yeah, and, and maybe, but, maybe the news will be good too. So. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, I thank you so much. You've you've helped me make up my mind, and I won't run out and buy twelve cans of spray foam before <laughs> I find somebody to look at it. There you go. Thanks, Joan. Bye, Thank Joan. Good you. luck. All right, that'll free up a line at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. That's clear, sir. So you've got a question. Can we ask it on the air? Okay, here, I'm going to give you the mic, or Jerry will, and uh, you'll be on the air with these guys. What you got there? I have a picture of a tree where it's selectively losing the outer layer of the bark. This is approximately... Ten and a half across and about 14 long spot on the west, southwest side of the tree. And it looks like it's in a fork, right? Well, it is. And then on the opposite side, I have a 22-inch hole from the outer portion into this other uh, branch that's coming out. Now, what I'm wondering is... If it's getting moisture down into here and then rotting the tree from the inside out. What kind of tree is it? It's a live oak. I have. I, I think it is an it's oak. It's a live oak. I think it is an oak. Yeah, that, that, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a large live oak without a hole in the, in the Yeah, center. most of them are hollow. Yeah. And, and you have to worry about. It's not like the sycamore. You, you oh. probably expect that live oak to live another 150 okay. years. Now, well, this one, like I say, we we, we have uh, birds that come in and will nest in here. Yeah. We have possums. We well, have yeah. skunks and just about anything and everything you can imagine. Now, when this thing comes off, when the bits and pieces come off, they'll come off in small sections. That's a bad... I, th- I think that shedding of the bark is just uh, common for that older tree. Okay, so you're thinking that this outer portion then? Yeah, that that uh, okay. if if the birds are in there and everything, mm-hmm. it's it's probably healed over. Yeah, because now there's a portion over here where this part of the bark is like this, but then this is a smoother texture uh-huh. underneath. Yeah, um, that's a I'm, younger younger branch. I suspect it would. Yeah, because yeah, it's not quite as big. You want to show, show Calvin that's not yeah. that's smoother. It's not uh, the leaves. Are, the leaves still look good, huh? Oh, here, Gosh, yeah. grab the mic so we can still hear you. There you go. Yeah. See, this is the the portion of the tree that would be similar to the larger portion, yeah. and then the smooth, the smoother, smaller section down here has a. Let's say this part has a smoother consistency than this part down here. Uh-huh. It doesn't look anything at all like what I'm seeing here yeah. or here. So like I say, I was just wondering if there's something I should be concerned about, if there's moisture getting down in there, some way I can seal it or if I should cover it over. You know, I, I don't I don't think so. because uh, they're just like Jerry said they're they are uh, not notorious, they're just known for having Hollow portions and they last for hundreds of years. Even okay, so this should and that one that. looks that looks good. It's got a nice uh, upright uh, shape and uh, yeah, yeah. There's, is good. there's nothing 
the only branches that are drooping are the ones that are further further up yeah. and um, of course they're quite a ways out and everything so they'll eventually come down yeah. but like I say I was just concerned it's it's not my tree but I was just trying to save the landlord a little bit of money in case something should happen or there's something we should do to it now just wait you say wait till the summer when it comes back out it should start leafing out again and everything yes so, yeah okay all right yeah okay. I mean, it's not like the sycamore we talked about uh, you know you that could go on for years and years and years and we would expect it to go on for years and years and years without okay. any kind of threat doesn't look like it's a threat to the the house or anything either um, I've got a couple of branches that do overhang the house, and I've been monitoring those for the landlord. Uh, he has come out and trimmed some of the upper branches that were overhanging the house. Yeah, that's a so, good idea. Yeah, yeah we're not a we're, we're not in any danger of losing an overhang or an eave there. Good. So, and know, I, I can just hear those birds and opossums <laughs> just sighing a breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, our house is not going to be <laughs> exactly not not torn down. Okay, All thanks right, about right. Thank Thanks you. for coming by. All right, we got Mark Peterson on the line at 308. Well, hey, we need him over here. We're getting a bunch of tree questions. Yeah. Hey there, Mark. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Well, thank you very much. I was thinking of the exact same thing that Jerry just said. Uh, answer to her uh, certified arborist is she can get on the website that she needs to get on the web and look for International Society of Arboriculture or a ball of culture, something to call it. Are you, can and you hear have a little tab It's a little hard to hear you, Mark. What are you doing, Mark? Okay. Uh, under uh, the bed or what? <laughs> are you scared? No, no, I'm in the parking lot at the TVS here. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay, yeah, but, I hear you. <laughs> okay, all right. Go to the website, uh, International Society of Arboriculture, and they have a tab that says Certified Arborist, and you click on that. And you put in your zip code, and it gives you the nearest certified address. Good. Right. What was that website again? You were a little loud. Huh? <laughs> International <laughs> Society. Society of Arboriculture. Of Arboriculture. A R B. I pronounce it that way. Other people pronounce it the other way. Okay. Actually, you could even get, you can get to it, can't you, just by arboriculture or society of arboriculture. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. uh, but to get to the correct one, and then they have a tab that says certified arborist, and you click on that, and you put your zip code in. Okay. And it tells you the nearest one. Okay. Did, cool. you, did you hear our discussion on the uh, sycamore? Yeah, no, I, I agree with most of it. I have to slightly disagree with Dr. Park. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, yeah. Uh, it can actually be very green and apparently healthy and rotten on the inside, decayed on the inside, and it could fall over. So it doesn't necessarily have to die before you have to remove it, which is the reason why you want somebody, an expert, to do a physical sounding they cap it with a uh, rubber-coated mallet, or they actually have ultrasound machines. You can wrap it around the trunk and determine how much decay is in in the tree. So the, you're, you're saying that 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 American sycamore that size is is worthy and, and probably necessary for her to get that assessed pretty quickly. 
Yeah, she said 60 years. Uh, yeah, I'll probably doing a, uh, a, a physical sound and see how much decay is, is actually in that tree. Okay. Cool. Sounds All right. good. Thanks. And what I'm going to do, uh, Mark, and I'll tell uh, Roy back there, I've got the website, so I'm going to send it to, to Roy. And uh, if anybody wants the, the website, you can even look under Arboriculture Society International and Allegiant. But, uh, yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll get that to Roy in just a second. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for calling in. 210-308-8867. Don't forget, we've got uh, the blood drive going on here at the nursery right now until 1.30. We also are going to talk to Dean Norton, who is the director of horticulture at Mount Vernon. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about him his, his upcoming uh, presentation in San Antonio, as well as about Mount Vernon. So that's all coming and we, up. And we could uh, we could probably talk about, let's see, what you is the talk topic? To like, a, like a freeze. A freeze? We've had a bit of a freeze. Yeah, we could. Nobody's calling in on that. By the way, at Mount Vernon, it's like one degree. Feels like negative seven with a wind chill or something. I looked it up. I was curious. So, all right, we'll take a break and be back in a moment. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. It's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Bull Road. Millburgers is having its quarterly blood drive this Saturday from 10 to 1.30. We want you to come on out and give blood. The South Texas Blood and Tissue Center says that blood is an urgent supply because during the holidays what happens is people have other things to do. The need goes up and the amount of donations goes down, so they're in an urgent situation right now. Millburgers has stepped up to the plate, and they're offering a great incentive for you to give blood. Normally, what they do is give you a $10 gift certificate for giving blood, whether you're able to or not. Now, Millburgers is saying, okay, because blood is an urgent supply, we're going to give you a $20 gift certificate for coming out and trying to give blood. Now, again, the blood drive is from 10 to 1.30 over at Millburgers at 1604 and Bull Road. And again, blood is an urgent supply. So come on out, mark your calendar, and be there this Saturday from 10 to 1.30. That's all at Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bull Road. For more information, go to millburgernursery.com. Dale Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer San Antonio skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer San Antonio. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, 9.30 a.m., The Answer goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside our radio. We are now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous on iTunes, on iHeart, on our own app, on our website, on conservativeradio.com, on your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 9.30 a.m., The Answer. 
Take 9.30 a.m. The Answer with you everywhere you go with the 9.30 a.m. The Answer app. Simply go to the App Store on your mobile device, type in 9.30 a.m. The Answer, download the app, and you'll always be in touch. Breaking news, stimulating talk, 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Run the nature's way. Stop in and see us today. Vitamins and so much more. We're your friendly local family-owned store. Vitamin C, A, or D? Which vitamin is right for me? Minerals? What are those? If anyone knows, Rhonda's knows. Rhonda's nature's way. It's time to get healthy. Come on, everybody, let's go. There are two Rhonda's locations. Right here in San Antonio. For over 41 years, we've been blessed to serve you. Our staff is getting you healthy. Because that's just what we do. We thank God to be here and for so much more. We're your friendly local family-owned store. Rhonda's Nature's Way. Stop in and see us today. Vitamins and so much more. We're your friendly local family-owned store. I am David Gramillion on a continuing mission to help you get your geek on. Saturday night at 11, 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Get your geek on with Dave Gramillion on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. And uh, your calls will go to reach out to James real quick, and, and we'll see if we can't reach our uh, guest today talking about his appearance in San Antonio, uh, Dean Norton with uh, the uh, Mountain Vernon. Uh, James, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, uh, thanks for taking my call. How are you all doing? Sure. It, uh, we're a little cold, but that's okay. And I mean, I speak for everybody. Well, maybe How are you doing? Will come out. Great. Uh, I had a question for... Um, Dr. Parsons and a comment for uh, Dr. Finch. Uh, All right. Jerry had told me uh, about an Oprah that's uh, usually used for those uh, for pickling, and I just got my new Willite catalog, and I forgot what he told me. Uh, uh, that that oak. Turn that, that down. A yeah, bit. I don't know how it gets. Okay. That. Uh, we're talking Oscar okra, and that that won't be in the, that won't be available. No, uh, it's not in the catalog. Did you say emerald green velvet last time? Yeah, velvet. Yeah. It, okay. Uh, yeah, it's right here green. in the catalog. Okay, let me put yeah. a line under that. Yeah, that that's uh, now that that doesn't have ridges in it. That's a smooth. Yeah, smooth exactly. okra. The, the Clemson spineless is all ridgy, and I right, didn't right. like that for the. The pickles. Okay, and the comment <laughs> for for Doctor Finch. Uh, I uh, unwrapped that orange tree that I had put a fence around and filled it up with. Oh, uh, that was with the leaves. With, with leaves, and it's uh, it it's just fine, and uh, it made it through all the cold weather. I think we got down to nineteen. Uh, so so that worked uh, at least for. James, short, short James, I can't remember. You got any other? <laughs> got any limes or lemons? Uh, they, I put those little trees in the greenhouse, and they oh, okay. seem to do all right. But the, the bigger, bigger orange, uh, the, the leaf trick works pretty good on them. Yeah, I didn't cover satsumas, grapefruit, 
Kalamundum or kumquats, and all of them seem to do fine. Uh, covered the lemons and had a lot uh, a uh, sor- heat source for the li- limes, and the limes pros- look <laughs> great. But the lemons look, I'm a little nervous about whether they're, they're going to defoliate or not. Well, yeah, you, you, put the heat, yeah, you put the heat source by the most cold-sensitive yeah. plant. That's no. how it would make sense. But I've got it, I've got actually had other heat sources in there. Those mechanics lights are so easy to use. Yeah, yeah. I should have just put a couple more there. Uh, live and learn, I guess. Yeah. Who would have thought I, it would have gotten that cold? I had a comment about your uh, the nice lady with the uh, the sycamore. Uh, yeah. I've seen a lot, a lot of those big sycamores in decline, and uh, if you look up at the top of the tree, usually the the limbs are starting to die away up at the top. And then if you look down at the basal flare, uh, the the gardener usually has some kind of a surround around the tree and a foot or so of of composted uh, potting soil, and is growing petunias in it or something. And that, that really accelerates the decline of, of those trees is when you keep that basal flare covered with, uh, you know, potting soil. So I, I don't know if that's the case in her tree, but the basal flare needs to be uh, not covered with any kind of uh, water-retaining material. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's, why, that's why they build those. Uh, ring, put those rings around. Yeah. The, the well, that I, th- I think you brought up a key issue, just like Mark did. That the sycamore, once it starts that decline, yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, it's tough. It's tough to to uh, stop. It's on, not it's not like the li- the live oak is. You know, we're yeah, on the cav- on the big cavities. Uh, Doctor Shigo in his book is recommending that we uh, clean out the cavities, uh, we cover them with a screen wire that won't rot, and if necessary, um, drill a hole and put a reinforcement pipe in there, I don't know, a half inch or three quarter, to drain that cavity. And that, that's the most important thing is to keep them, the cavities open to the, the air and to make sure they're drained. So just put some screen wire on it, get your arborist to drill a hole and, and put a drain in. Okay. Thanks, James. Good, uh, good idea. All right. You take care. Now I'll free up a line at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Right now we're going to visit with the Director of Horticulture at Mount Vernon. His name is Dean Norton. He's coming to San Antonio. He's the co-author of The General in the Garden, and he'll be talking about preservation, restoration, and conservation of Mount Vernon and the gardens on January 20th at 10 o'clock. That's two Saturdays from now, I guess, and uh, he'll be over at the uh, Steve's Homestead in King William. Uh, just F- FYI, we'll tell you this again, but the uh, this is the San Antonio Conservation Society putting this on, and it's a fundraiser. It's $30 for members, $35 for non-members, free to children under 10. And for more information, you call 224-6163. But let's welcome him right now to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Uh, Dean Norton, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you all? We're doing terrific. How are things there at Mount Vernon? Uh, they're very cold. Uh, we started out at 9 degrees this morning. I think it's up to about 15 now. 
right. Well, there you can go out in shorts now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, uh, in, in everything that I've read uh, uh, about uh, the work that you're doing there and about you, uh, it's fascinating, and people should expect a fascinating talk. Uh, the first thing, that, and the guys will jump in, let me introduce you on the left-hand side of your uh, telephone is Dr. Jerry Parsons. On the right hand is Dr. Calvin Finch. I'm right in the middle there, uh, but, okay, cool. and they'll jump in in, in a second. But, uh, so I think it's you've been there. How long have you been at Mount Vernon? And your start was uh, rather humble. Uh, yeah, I, I picked up trash, and I was so good I did it for three years. Uh, so um, <laughs> I... I don't know if I was really good or just a sucker, but. Um. <laughs> and then you went off to this. So you started off as a as a paper picker, and uh, yes, and then you you went on to school to, to to learn about horticulture. When you started, was that what you were interested in? When you uh, started really. as a paper um, picker. I, no, I was just a kid trying to make a few bucks an hour. I mean, I was getting. Uh, I started at a dollar forty-five an hour, which uh, was huge. And uh, after the second week, I went up to a dollar sixty-seven. I thought, you know, you remember the old life game? Uh, the, the biggest salary was twenty thousand dollars at that time, and I thought I was almost there. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the horticulture here interested me in horticulture. I ended up going to Clemson University. I'm still um, distraught after the huge loss to Alabama, but um, and then I just. Uh, after I graduated from there two years later, the position opened as horticulturist, and I just happened to be here, right place, right time. I was a decent kid, Eagle Scout, kind of always lived my life that way, and um, I got the job, and it's just been a dream come true for me. Uh, and uh, very interesting. So uh, in reading information, it seems like um, there are really – you tell me if I'm right now. There are really two phases – uh, to Washington's development of the garden. Uh, there's prior to the Revolutionary War, uh, and there's uh, 1783, and uh, for the next oh four or five years, and uh, they sort of take on two different dynamics, don't they? Uh, they absolutely do. Uh, yeah, you're, you, you've you've read well. Um, Thank you. Prior to the uh, prior to the Revolutionary War, his landscape was quite simplistic. It was based on just straight lines, geometric patterns. Uh, but upon his return from the war, eight years after he left Mount Vernon to to help hopefully win our independence, he he knew that he he'd become something special, and he wanted his landscape to reflect that. So he came back and adopted naturalistic principles, which he was uh, gaining a lot of insight from from a book that he had purchased called New Principles of Gardening, written by Batty Langley. Interestingly enough, he didn't like the English, fought the English for our independence, but when he came back, he said, you know, the garden I want is going to be English. So um, there you go. So for a year and a half, he became a designer. Uh, he he ch- totally transformed his landscape from a, a simplistic design to a more naturalistic, including a pleasure garden, a conservatory, a fruit garden, a nursery, and... Uh, but after a year and a half, he handed it over to Gardner, and he was right back to farming. And then, of course, uh, the presidency was soon thereafter. And and so the gardens that he developed, there are four major ones. Is that right? Correct. Uh, you have your um, kitchen garden, which certainly would have been the most important for many years, the garden of necessity, food necessary for health and survival. 
the garden across the way that started as a fruit and nut garden was transformed to a pleasure garden or a flower garden in, in 1785. We had a fruit garden and nursery down below the lower garden, a kitchen garden. And it uh, sounds like there's a buzzsaw on this line. Are you all, is it clear? You're in? Oh, we're actually outside, uh, oh. and uh, the, the, um, the traffic is rolling by. I'll see if I can... Oh, okay. No, that's fine. As long as you can hear me. Um, we can hear you okay. And, and then there's there's a smaller garden, a botanic garden, that Washington took a great fondness of. He called it his little garden and loved receiving different types of plants, especially new ones. And he experimented with them in that garden. Um, and it seemed to me, too, that... The, there was there was a purpose, for instance, to like okay. So you mentioned the kitchen garden, and that was being useful, but also to I guess, I guess you kind of you talked about it, and that was to to show his importance now and and how things had changed because you talked about visitors coming uh, to the garden and really wanting and the bowling green and the meticulousness of that and the difficulty in maintaining that all the different trees and. Um, so there, there was a lot of work that went into to developing Mount Vernon in these gardens. Uh, no, no question. Um, he returns home from the war. Uh, for the first year, he, he he goes away again to handle his properties that had been mismanaged to the south, to the west, excuse me. But on January 1785, he writes that I'm road to my mill swamp and other locations, looking for the sorts of trees and shrubs I shall want for my walks, groves, and wildernesses. And so. On that, from that day on, pretty much every day in his diary, he's talking about the trees that he's finding within the forest, and that was his nursery. He had to go no further than that. Everything you could might possibly need: ash, oak, elm, sycamore, uh, sweet gum, black gum. They were all there, and then your understory trees as well as, as well as shrubs. So within that first year and a half, he must plant uh, 150 to to 300 plants. Dean, well, how much land are we talking about? Mil- Milton is asking all the questions because he's the only one that's seen the literature. So uh, no, we, we we did get it. We just got everything uh, yesterday. So, but yeah. So go ahead, Calvin. How Sorry many acres? That. Yeah, how much? Okay, well, don't worry about it. In Washington's time, he had eight thousand, and that comprised five farms. And and most of that land uh, of the eight thousand, three thousand six hundred was under cultivation. So most of it, most of it was forested. So, so we had a lot of opportunities to go out and find these trees, dig them, and bring them back. The Mansion House Farm, which is basically what we have now, uh, was around 500 acres, and we have 436 uh, at this point. Okay, and so when did when did it become a, a public facility or a facility where uh, visitors and education were targeted versus, you know, his his home area and where his family was kind of the dominant force. Is that right. Well, he, he passed away in, in 1799 and Martha in 1802. And then it, it transferred to Washington family's hands for about four different uh, sets of descendants until the Mount Vernon Ladies Association purchased the property in 1858. So the ladies is the oldest sort of historic preservation society of its type, especially a, a woman's organization such as that. So their main mission, of course, was just to preserve the house and the outbuildings, clean up the gardens so they looked halfway decent. But it was really just a site for people to come and see, and their mission was to preserve and protect George Washington's home. And our mission continues to be the same, although uh, it really has uh, changed. I like to think that 
our mission is to try to make it as close as possible to Washington's time. So if he happened to return, he would feel comfortable and realize and, and say, oh, yeah, this is my home. Nothing much has changed. But the education part of it really, I think, has transformed over the last 20 years or so. Uh, we, we have an orientation center and education building. We now have a library built. It's really fascinating the sort of programs that we have to educate folks about uh, the real George Washington. So few know uh, much about him and his life, his times. It's fascinating, really. He was the he was the action hero of the 18th century, and uh, and really just someone very special, real moral, good moral character. Uh, so that's that's the education component has increased. Uh, what, hap- what happened during the c- what happened during the Civil War was that a was that oh, a uh, issue? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's a fascinating story. Uh, Anna Pamela Cunningham, who founded the organization, lived in South Carolina. She went home because she feared for her plantation. But her secretary was from New York, and she decided to stay. She became so concerned about the property because fighting was occurring so close. She met personally with Abraham Lincoln and a representative of the Confederacy, and both agreed that there would be no action between the North and the South within a mile of Mount Vernon. So Mount Vernon Estate is the only land in this country that's ever been declared neutral. And uh, and both sides visited Mount Vernon during the war, but the, um, the rule was you had to leave your gun at the gate and you had to cover your uniform with a cloak so you couldn't tell which side you were on. Huh. That's it, fascinating. Yeah. Is that, uh, is it's it amazing. So- it's the history. Yeah, it just doesn't stop the history here. Is it associated with any uh, universities or how does how, how no, the... No, not at all. It's, it's totally uh, a private organization. Um, I, we we're proud to say that Mount Vernon has never taken a dime from the state or the federal government. And uh, But I learned recently, actually, the reason for that. I thought it was just something they wanted to, to hold their head up high and say, we've never taken money. But men were not happy with what the women were doing at that time. And, and so when they went uh, to the state of Virginia, the state of Virginia wrote in their, I don't know what it is, governance, I don't know what it would be called, but they said, you will never receive a dime from the state. Uh, or the federal government. Somehow that was written because they felt that they were going to fail. And, and they didn't want them coming back with their hands open wanting money. So that's the reason we've never taken money because it's basically written somewhere that we, they can't do it. But we are proud to say that we, we are totally self-sufficient. It's a not-for-profit site. We get about a million one visitors a year. I think it's the most visited historic site in the country. And uh, people love it. I mean, it's a really a great experience. Well, talk about, if you will, you mentioned what the mission was. So what are the challenges uh, that you face in maintaining and and restoring, if you will, that, that Martha and George would uh, feel right at home? Uh, well, the, the problem is a million people uh, because that's two million <laughs> feet. And um, we our turf is, is a joke. Uh, people like to say the East Lawn, it's... <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it a lawn at all. We we really don't use any sort of chemicals at all. And we're not doing that because we're trying to be organic or whatever. We just I just don't feel they're necessary. Um, so it's really the the uh, the foot traffic that is the most difficult thing, maintenance wise. As far as researching and, and trying to return things back to the way they were, things have never been better. We have archaeologists on staff. Archaeology's gone from using bulldozers to incredibly scientific means of uh, radar studies and, and file lift studies. It's quite amazing what they can find. And we're finding more and more 
written documents as far as letters and diaries. And, and, and when we started researching really seriously back in the 1980s, we would go into these rare book rooms and they would give you gloves and a number two pencil and a piece of paper and one book. And if you might get through three books and find two sentences that were worthwhile, that was a great day. Now, whatever we did in that one whole year could be, do- be done in 24 hours because everything is digitized. You can word search. It's just it's, it's amazing how far things have come. And the heirloom plants themselves, they used to be so hard to find. I mean, it was like each historic site was fighting against each other to get this or to get that. Well, they're so common now because people recognize these are proven perennials. These are proven plants. And... And, and people offer them, and they have them for sale. So really, as far as the research and restoration, it's, it takes time because archaeology is so slow, but times have never been better for us to, to return this site to the way it was in Washington time. We're talking to Dean Norton, Director of Horticulture at Mount Vernon. He is going to be here January 20th, 10 a.m., uh, with the San Antonio Conservation Society at the Steve's Homestead House and Museum and the Gardens. He'll be talking about some of the stuff and more about what he's talking about now, and he'll be talking about kind of what goes into uh, Well, actually, I'll ask you. So tell me, uh, what are some of the topics you're going to cover at the, uh, the event on the 20th? Well, it's been, it's a, really more of a story than a lecture. It's a story okay. certainly about George Washington, uh, about the Ladies Association and, 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 and all they've done here. And, and it's a story about me. I've been here 48 years. Uh, I've got a lot of uh, successes and failures horticulturally. Uh, so it's a very personal uh, approach. It's, it's entertaining. I like to have fun with whatever I do. Um, so people are going to learn a lot more about George Washington than they ever realized. And I think typically after this talk about our, our research, our preservation, how far we've come since we started or I started back in 1969, they're, they're just invigorated. They want to go out. They want to garden. They, they and, and I think I they're, they're really interested in the 18th century principles and practices as well because not a lot has changed really. Yeah, that's kind of cool to to see that. Yeah, that some some things have changed, but for the most part, you mentioned in one of the things online that yeah, most of us are still the same. I imagine you know the the audience a lot, a lot of will be the folks that are really interested in uh, historical preservation and. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, San Antonio is no slouch when no. it comes to opportunities. No, to, not at all. It's yeah. a perfect uh, thing too for, at yeah. the Steve's home and then at the uh, Steve's homestead. Well, I think and for the Conservation Society to, to be putting on. Yeah, the folk. I think the folks will get all excited about it and inspired. Yeah, yeah. hopefully, okay. if you do a decent job, Dean. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Okay, so the number well, to call yeah, is two two four. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> the vote of confidence. Yeah, that was Calvin yeah, who gave yeah. you that big vote of confidence. Two one zero. Is that the call figure there? Parsons called the call figure. I heard you're a call figure. Uh, oh, Parsons is every now and then. Yeah, yeah Parsons, he has his yeah. own cult. Yeah, so that was. He's been the quiet one. It doesn't give you grief. What, <laughs> okay, um, Jerry? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the number to call is 224-6163 or call Roy at the station. I'll send him that number if you want to call and make your reservations. $30 for members, 35 for non-members, uh, free to children under the 10. It's at 10 o'clock on the 20th. And uh, you've uh, Now, uh, we mentioned the book, which is uh, The General in the Garden. Will be, you be having copies and, uh, and signing them for people? There, there will be some cats. I don't know how many, but um, we okay. can always uh, get copies of the book for people. And uh, it is our latest book about the the landscape and um, and how it was in the 18th century. Now this is I've got we've got one of your uh, one of the books here, and I guess 
Uh, it's a it's a pretty serious publication. It is a serious I, publication. I don't think he he probably didn't carry two hundred on the airplane. Oh, I see. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but the Conservation Society has said they they've ordered some. So oh, that's good. They'll be that's signing good. some. They're shipping them. He doesn't have to right. carry them. He's apparently right. very important. I know you've had to carry them in the past, Calvin. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I have uh, before we go. Um, we have, I have one more question. Do you all have any more questions? I do. Okay. Do you have uh, Parsons here? Uh, do yes, you have have original plant material that that we, uh, has we, survived uh, there? Yes, sir. We uh, we have about twelve twelve trees. We're still finding others that date from the eighteenth century. Uh, three of okay. them are on the Bowling Green proper. Two of them are tulip poplars. They actually match each other outside of each of the garden gates. They're from seventeen eighty five. Then there's a hemlock from uh, seventeen ninety six that was sent to Washington as a gift from Governor Clinton in New York. It arrived. At Malvern in a half whiskey barrel, and Washington talks about planting it outside the upper garden gate. The oldest tree you have on the property is a um, chestnut oak, and it's uh, 1683. Oh my goodness! Is that uh, when you've got a property like that in, a, in the gardens, and you're trying to uh, maintain the historical plants? Does that does that mean that you have a whole structure for collecting the seeds and uh, heirloom plants, or are you relying on? Lots of other organizations to help you maintain those plants. We're pretty self-sufficient. We collect seeds from all of our plants. We do water in some things. Um, as far as trees are concerned, we have a great um, a propagator and greenhouse grower here, and he's been really great about collecting all of the different trees around, especially the historic trees. We've tried to clone some of them, but that has not worked out very well. These trees are old. They're saying, I don't want to do this. Uh, so... Um, Anyway, but yes, that's exactly right. We are doing that. And, and you know, one reason is that we're doing it as well is because it's hard to find a straight redbud or a straight dogwood. Everything's a cultivar now. And so when we replant, we want to try to bring it back to the cornice floor that was here in the woods uh, many years ago. I bet, I would bet that, you know, we, we, we uh, Jerry does a lot of uh, oh, trying to maintain uh, species that are desirable for home gardening and and, and of course we're kind of at the mercy at the at the mercy of the uh, uh, agricultural producers yeah to get the yeah, but but That's I'll bet if right. you had a if you were associated with uh, Mount Vernon and helping them maintain a seed source or heirloom seeds a, a seed bank that would be pretty inspiring and uh, oh yeah yeah motivating to to uh, say well yes we do some pretty important work here and yeah. uh, and not only do right. we are we protecting this the these uh, plants and this uh, genetics but we also are are contributing to uh, historical accuracy here at Mount Vernon so okay yes, so sir. here's my question. Okay. All right. It was mentioned in one of the articles that I read that there was nothing a person could give George Washington that would please him more than an exotic plant, something that wasn't native to the to Mount Vernon or that area that he would try to grow. Is that is that accurate? 
uh, that's a great point. Yes, um, he talks often about wanting exotics. Now, what we don't know is what's an exotic. Is it a South Carolina plant or is it from Jamaica? Uh, but, okay. but but he but he does help clarify that a bit because he's talking about he wants plants that are growing in different climatic regions than where he lives. So to receive a plant that he didn't have uh, that was new to him that was really exciting. He was thrilled about that. With that in mind, is that still a philosophy of, uh, of what you do at Mount Vernon? Because we've got Crawford reseeding lettuce that we can introduce to you that I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, we don't. Um, oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, but, 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 look, this is the deal. Oh, uh, okay. We have to stick with the 18th century. So sure. Go, to, go uh, ahead, Dean. You've ruined Milton's day. You know, he was, he's already br- going to brag about the fact that uh, Crawford lettuce from yeah. San Antonio is at Mount Vernon. And, yeah, it's yeah, okay. You, you rejected him. Okay. That's all right. All right, well, look, look, look. Let's, let's do what so many marketers do. You know how they sell, <laughs> let's say, Mount Vernon honey, and what they've done is taken, like, two drops of Mount Vernon honey and put it in honey from somewhere else. You send right. me some of that seed. And I'll put it in the garden somewhere. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, I'm going to yeah, do that. Right. All okay, right, listen. I just, I can't. I, I think I might just go to hear Dean speak and and, and how he reacts to the uh, native plant advocates. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, because that that, that uh, question you asked was great, and he recognized that it's that's a significant question. I, I think you must hear that quite a bit. You know uh, about uh, native. That, yeah, that a lot of folks. I'm I'm sure have this vision that. Mount Vernon was all native plants when, when of course, it was. Oh, are you going to go and stir things up? <laughs> Not me. I would well, do that. Okay. Well, you know what yeah, we do uh, here, well, Dean? We just we just enlarge the the geographic area of our native base. You know, right. if if we if we like the plant, then the whole of Mexico is yeah. is, is native to Texas. <laughs> And, yeah, and of right. Course, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you Dean, know, Texas used to be in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, Dean, we got to run. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. You did a great job. <laughs> Thanks, sure Dean. Appreciate Thanks like for it. spending all this time. We enjoyed it. All right. Well, if you want to see him, he's going to be on June, January twentieth, at ten a.m. at uh, Steve's Homestead House and Museum and Gardens. Uh, Dean uh, Norton is his name. If you want to do some research, you can call uh, thirty dollars for members, thirty-five for non-members of the Conservation Society. Roy has the number back at the station, uh, but it's two two. 46163. Back in a moment on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Bull Road. Millburgers is having its quarterly blood drive this Saturday from 10 to 1.30. We want you to come on out and give blood. The South Texas Blood and Tissue Center says that blood is an urgent supply because during the holidays what happens is people have other things to do. The need goes up and the amount of donations goes down, so they're in an urgent situation right now. Millburgers has stepped up to the plate, and they're offering a great incentive for you to give blood. Normally, what they do is give you a $10 gift certificate for giving blood, whether you're able to or not. Now, Millburgers is saying, okay, because blood is an urgent supply, we're going to give you a $20 gift certificate for coming out and trying to give blood. Now, again, the blood drive is from 10 to 1.30 over at Millburgers at 1604 and Bull Road. And again, blood is an urgent supply. So come on out, mark your calendar, and be there this Saturday from 10 to 1.30. That's all at Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bull Road. For more information, go to millburgernursery.com. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial 
financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-420-2121. 800-420-2121. That's 800-420-2121. Run nature's way. Stop in and see us today. Vitamins and so much more. We're your friendly local family-owned store. Vitamin C, A, or D? Which vitamin is right for me? Minerals? What are those? If anyone knows, Rhonda's knows. Rhonda's nature's way. It's time to get healthy. Come on, everybody, let's go. There are two Rhonda's locations. Right here in San Antonio. For over 41 years, we've been blessed to serve you. Our staff is getting you healthy. Because that's just what we do. We thank God to be here and for so much more. Near your friendly local family-owned store. Rhonda's Nature's Way. Stop in and see us today. Vitamins and so much more. We're your friendly local family-owned store. If you lease office, retail, or warehouse space for your business, the last thing you want to do is overpay the landlord. But it happens every day. Hi, I'm Scott McMurray and president of Bottom Line Realty Advisors. We work with business people who want an effective strategy for their next real estate decision. Whether leasing or buying, it affects your bottom line. Your landlord has representation, and you should too. Even if you're a good tenant with no plans to move at all, you're the most vulnerable to getting a really bad deal. We only represent our clients, never landlords, so we have no conflict of interest. We stay on your side. Call me, Scott McMurrian, at 210-535-7800, and we'll negotiate from a position of strength. BottomlineRealtyAdvisors.com Bottomline Realty Advisors, we get the landlord off your bottom line. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The answer. Got a little bit of time left before we have to get you caught up with the news. That was an interesting interview, and Roy has all the information uh, back there at the station if you need to uh, uh, talk to him about that. Our, our number, 210-308-8867. The blood drive is going on today. David Rodriguez will be here next Saturday doing a presentation on citrus. Uh, and we'll tell you more about that after the news and get you caught up with all that information. Plus, we'll tell you David will be also at the garden center, too. David's all over the place. He so, works cheap. Oh, is that the deal? Yeah. All right. So we'll take a break and come back in just a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. We're back with Milberger's Gardening, South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. 
And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867. That's our number, 210-308-8867. And it has warmed up a little bit, so it's now in the low 60s. Uh, oops, I turned. Why did I turn you down there? Oh, oh you were talking. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, warmed up a little bit, but you, are you being sarcastic there, a little yeah, facetious? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, all right. Oh, thank you. Cool. All righty. 210. Oh. Oh, I said, okay. So, my bad. Did he screw up? Huh? Yeah, I messed up. So David Rodriguez will be here talking about how to grow uh, and just but a home fruit orchard. Uh, and that's next that's next Saturday from 10.30 to noon at the amphitheater. It's absolutely free. No reservation required. i got citrus in my head on that. So that's uh, coming up next Saturday here at the nursery from 10.30 until noon, growing a home fruit orchard, and David will be speaking on that. And David does a good job. This is the first one of the season. Uh, Millburgers is getting uh, about, I think I heard about 70% of the uh, the trees are in now, and they're getting more and more each week. So... Uh, um, of the the shade trees are in and and the fruit. I know the fruit trees. So Charles talked about that, and I imagine wow. the shade trees too. So they're coming in yeah. every day. So uh, come on over to Millburgers and look for what you need at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. But I was going to mention that it's gotten busier now that it's gotten a little warmer. Uh, we have some folks out there mingling amongst the pansies and. Uh, uh, just taking advantage of the day and doing some. Uh, and we mentioned trees. that the uh, cyclamen and the uh, primrose or primula, I call them primula usually, um, they fare pretty well. They were real well in the in the freeze. Now we recommend that uh, if it's going to be low, below 30, you just put a little insulate over the cyclamen because if they do, if the do the blooms do freeze, it take the takes a long time for them to rebloom, but they uh, mine uh, fared really well, and uh, they're uncovered and looking good. And I didn't even cover the the primula, and uh, they they made it through fine. I gave them a little water afterwards. You got, we got to kind of watch uh, containers too, because the uh, some of the containers are already dry. We've had a lot of oh yeah rain in the in the. Uh, raised bed and on the soil there's some soil moisture in there but a, a, a container with a, that well-drained potting mix and uh, uh, you know loaded with plants that can dry out pretty quickly so yeah. um, plant, plants are especially sensitive to cold damage if they're dried out so kind of kind of look over your containers especially and uh, water them yeah, but Looking good, so you could get you got a lot of cyclamen. There's pansies, pansies did really well in the freeze, and the violas, all those different colors. My wife really especially likes that orange viola. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, it's it's kind of a different color. Well, my 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 pansy made it through the freeze, but it didn't make it through the deer. Oh, oh no! Yes. They came up on the front porch. Why does that surprise me? <laughs> uh, and they, they ate the stocks too, or, or destroyed ate the, them. Ate the stocks too, yeah. I didn't. I couldn't. I don't know about stocks. I've never tried them, but boy, yeah, yeah I've had yeah, that experience. I think, with I think they'll eat those too. But uh, <laughs> the front door, the front porch, uh, you can see where they they bit off the foliage. They didn't pull them up, so uh, 
Oh, they didn't on the pants. Pa- the uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, that's good. I, they were in, in containers. They were, they're they're uh, raising a crop. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, let them. So, so maybe maybe they just pruned them back for me. Yeah, but somehow you know pansy foliage is nice, but they do my you know they're much more attractive when the blooms are on there. Oh too. yeah, yeah. Well, that's true too. But uh, uh, it, they did make it through. I planted them. Uh, Friday before Christmas, and uh, they made it all the way through Christmas uh, before the deer got them this last well, last week. So uh, I, I think that confirms our uh, our hypothesis that uh, deer will eat pansies. Yeah, and then and then there's a few plants, quite a few plants that deer will go. An extra mile to to, uh-huh. to find, and they go, you know, up on the. And Jerry was talking about going pretty close to the front door. To, oh yeah, to feed to feed on pansies. This is a raised, yeah, front porch. You you know, walk up to it on steps. Uh huh. Hmm. And they got wow, a, they're and, bold. And, oh, and, I, and I can't four feet from the front door. Yeah, you need a high high fence. <laughs> and I can't. Resist. I've seen them on Forrest Appleton's front porch. Uh, and, uh, I can't imagine a two-foot fence would stop my, won't stop a rabbit. Yeah, that's what, I guess it's like, maybe it was livestock. Yeah, yeah, because it always amazes me that they, they direct cattle with minimal, uh-huh. you, know, you know, those little uh, uh, openings in the road. Or, right, right. Uh, uh, they, you, can keep, you can keep them, as long, as long as they're not moving fast, they'll, they'll be able to... <laughs> To Not stampeding. Direct huh? their traffic, yeah. Anyway, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. The blood drive is going on for another half an hour, and uh, the South Texas Blood and Tissue Center has uh, made the call out. Uh, blood supply is in, uh, it's, it's an urgent situation, so Millburgers has stepped up to the plate and said, okay, we're going to double with the gift that we give you. If you'll come out and donate today, uh, it's going to be $20 instead of $10 just for donating blood or just for actually trying uh, and uh, going through the process. And uh, the South Texas Blood and Tissue Center has a nice gift for you too. So yeah, you get a choice between a a T-shirt uh-huh. and a Starbucks gift certificate. All oh, right, wow. Starbucks. Yeah. I asked, I asked for a McDonald's gift certificate, oh, and they yeah. she just slapped me upside the head. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised your picture isn't <laughs> in she, all the vehicles. She was great. <laughs> the, the crew there were great because they were they were reminiscing. About the old days. Uh-oh. And the gifts, you know, the gifts that they used to give and everything. And, and I couldn't resist. I piped up. And I remember back when we got <laughs> homemade cookies. Uh-oh. And they all remembered back uh-huh. when there was homemade cookies. It was kind of a general... Uh, Consensus. Blood. Yeah, it didn't matter where you were giving blood, which was part of the country. Because <laughs> it was just something that they, they did that somebody uh, on the crew or... Uh, oh, a bakery or somebody would uh, go ahead and donate the homemade homemade cookies oh, for Calvin for the. But yeah. they had good they had good snacks. I got Cheez-Its. I like Cheez-Its. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that goes on to one thirty. So come on out and uh, be a part of that. If you're here at one thirty, they'll wait. Uh, yeah. And uh, this is uh, this is a. Uh, 
not a dire situation, but pretty close. So uh, come on out and donate today. And then I'll repeat again next week. David Rodriguez will be here next Saturday from 1030 to noon. Uh, and he'll be at the, it's the first one of the adult seminars, uh, gardening seminars. And it's uh, going to be growing a home orchard. orchard. So growing a home orchard, David will be doing that. We're going to try to talk to David tomorrow about that. David will also be at the Garden Center on Wednesday practicing for this, so he should be really good. That's the best picture, David, I've ever seen. Wow. Oh, I didn't even recognize him. I didn't even. That's <laughs> that the best was... picture, David, I've ever seen. Okay. Well, we need to get that and put we, it on. We, well, will he look like this when they see him on the uh, next Saturday? No. He, Jerry, he that have... looks a little like him when, when he... Worked with us and the, yeah. when he was young and sturdy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor David. So that's coming up on the 10th at uh, 930 in the morning. Uh, and uh, the, the program is at 10, uh, 10 on the 10th at the Garden Center. That will be a practice session. So you can start off with that one. That one is on Citrus. And then come out and see David, too, at the uh, as he talks about growing a home fruit orchard. Guess what I saw when I was parking? What? Two or three, I couldn't tell, they were circling. Two or three Christmas trees. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> what are they? Two or three what? Oh, Christmas, Christmas trees. They're being recycled. Oh, recycled. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah. And they had them in the back of their cars and their trucks, and they were, I guess, bringing them to be recycled. Yeah. Okay, so here's what he's talking about. Uh, you can bring your fresh-cut Christmas tree to Millburgers for recycling, whether you got it here or not. Uh, they'll accept the trees now through January 13th, so it's coming up now through next Saturday, and you'll receive a coupon good for 20% off any regularly priced merchandise purchased uh, before February 28th, 2018. Tree must be clear of all ornaments, lights, wires, and metal. Uh, discarded trees are grounded to mulch used to protect and condition the root balls of some of the larger specimen and shade trees uh, and ornamental trees. So they're, And they use they're, it right here at Melbourne. Yeah, so it's a nice green... Uh, effort and uh, you, you're a winner there with that 20% off uh, the merchandise. Yeah, I'll say that's quite a generous offer. So, for more information on that or David's uh, thing, that's great. There were three. Uh, MillburgerNursery.com. MillburgerNursery.com. Did they tell you not to emphasize the fact that they'll accept even trees that were not purchased? No, 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 no. Trace brought that. Yeah, no, they're, they're cool with that. Just no plastic trees. That doesn't work. And take all the ornaments off. Yep, take the stand off. Yeah. Yeah, that that doesn't mulch very well. <laughs> All right, that destroys the mulchers. What that does. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Calvin getting in the Martin mood in his. Oh my goodness! With, already with his newspaper, and uh, talking about taking the Martin houses down. Right. Take putting them up. Putting them up. Oh, well, well, being ready, being ready to put them up. I'm, I'm suggesting that now is the time that if you're, you know, people get so excited when the Martins are here, and you know that's neat, and I'd like to have Martins. Well, you, you got to be some preparation. Yeah, you can go get a, you know, you need to get your Martin house, and uh, the ones I like best are those aluminum ones, and you, you can get them at. Uh, uh, feed stores are at our friends uh, Wild Birds Unlimited, Wild Birds Unlimited. Yeah. Uh, and you put them you put them together and then you put a they've got these uh, poles that are relatively easy to use but you do put a little uh, get a little sacrete and make a make a base and put the pole up so it's rel- you want a you want a Martin system that's easy to lower and raise that's the key um 
And uh, the, uh, the you won't have to worry about the sparrows rebuilding if you in, at this time of the year, right? Um, I mean, if you take the nest out, yeah, they're they're, they're going to be in, they're inclined. Of course, they they're, they wanted to use them for shelter. Yeah, that's why I, I lower them, and then I have these uh, the, those plugs, little plugs that fit fit in there. Yeah, uh, to just to so that you don't get. The minute the weather breaks, which will about the February first, you can expect the the English sparrows to start laying eggs. Oh yeah, and yeah. filling those filling those up. So so what most people do that are looking for martins is you kind of keep your eyes open, and if you see some martins near you, then you raise your houses, <laughs> and they. And put a little flag on there. Yeah, now you can get you can get real martins. Yeah. Oh, okay. Our four rent signs, you know. But but if they if you had success raising martins, uh, they have a tendency to come back, and so I keep adding new houses. I'm adding two new new houses now, and uh, just they're just they're fun. Uh, they make they're chirping and, and even the competition with the English sparrows is kind of fun. Uh, they uh-huh. they do end up kind of sharing houses quite often, um, and the. Uh, Young and the, and the swooping flights that the the martins do it's a, it's a, it's just a it makes your it makes your landscape much more interesting yeah. I think. and yeah. you can have trees uh, you just you can't you can't you can't, probably it doesn't work well when you've got trees over the top of your house but you want to have a open or above the house and then you want channels where the the they can fly. To get into open areas mm-hmm. on lawns or uh, fields or ponds or, uh, but uh, you, you don't you know it doesn't have to be absolutely open. I got I've got a bunch of emails this morning uh, from folks that said, "Well, I've got all those conditions. Why don't the martins come back? You know, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta come back." So, so it's a lot of it. You know, you've got to. Sometimes it takes. That doesn't immediately turn out the way you expect. Other times, people are just lucky, and it does. Yeah. But didn't didn't Bill tell us about? You know, we talk about. Uh, we always talked about the scouts, mm-hmm. the first one to come, and with the idea that the scouts come find the box or find the the uh, house. Yeah. And then go back and get the rest of it. Yeah, and he kind of poo-pooed that. Yeah, he said it's a good. The, it's a good. the first ones to get here are the ones to get here first. In other yeah. words, yeah, they're not good, scouting. It's a good indicator that it's time to put the house up. Right, but right. it's not that complex relationship that we used <laughs> no, to. No, that was. I, I always thought they'd go back and yeah. get the other ones. And yeah, that that was much more interesting and dramatic uh, with no, the Bill pooped it. Yeah, the, the Finch house is up. The Finch house is up. Uh, Follow me. <laughs> but yeah, apparently not. They're just they're just the early birds getting the yeah, work. Yeah, the or, early bird gets the house. Gets the house. <laughs> now, and you can tell too, and you've got a number of houses for for from that they can choose from. You can tell which are the most popular houses, and then because they, they kind of fill up, and then the the other houses are kind of secondary remnants. You know, uh-huh. a, a few a few the versions. slow flyers. Yeah, for the slow flyers. So it's great, and they don't they uh, finish their work by and are gone by August first. 
So we we sometimes don't realize how quickly they they nest and, and head out. And the young, they'll actually the parents, the martins, will land on your on the ground and they'll pick up uh, stems and things for the for the nest, and they'll pick up uh, stones and. So it's it's really a fun, fun process to to watch. Well, I have a bird question. So the first day it was um, not freezing. What was that like Thursday, where it really had kind of broken? The front yard full of grackles. It looked like a Hitchcock movie. <laughs> there were there were there must have been close to a hundred of them, and they were all just picking at the grass. What were they looking for? Were there insects coming up? Were there things that had fallen from the tree, like acorns? Or yeah, they could be. They were just they're they're moving, moving uh, to get into their starting that process. To uh, they move along quite a bit during the winter time, but but it but also a lot of them lingered in the north. When the weather was so nice, but this cold weather has driven oh, everybody yeah. moving. I've we still in my neighborhood have a Rufus hummingbird. Oh yeah, you mentioned that last and, week. Yeah, at the at the feeder, and she he was there every every morning at the at the feeder, and then uh, during this cold weather. Cold weather, and then of course that the day that it was uh, 22, the uh, the uh, feeders froze. Oh, and Judy got all upset, and she got dug out some old feeders and rushed out there with a reed new supply. Yeah, so that uh, so the bird the bird survived and uh, was back the next day too. So oh, good. So Alan is on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hey there, Alan. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you today? Hey, pretty good. I had gardening tips or plant tips I wanted to pass along because uh, down there, you know, but uh, I'm driving around in Wisconsin today, and so on a Wisconsin public radio, they have gardening talk. And uh, so, but you know, today or this week, the temperatures have been a little above zero in the day and a little below zero at night, so. There's not much going on outside, so hey, we're talking about houseplants. So uh, <clears throat> one tip for your houseplants is if you want to buy a houseplant at a store and the temperature is below zero, have the clerk put it in a paper bag and staple the top before you go to your car. Yeah. That's right. That wind, and, uh, wind chill can get them. Yeah. We, Alan, we've had in past years we've had experiences where folks got poinsettias and uh, just beautiful plants, and of course, and walked out just to carry them to their car, and uh, oh. got blasted and ruined them, and then then oh. then the and then some some have uh, had them wrapped up like you suggested, and that protects them for the quick trip to the car. Yeah. But then they went on to go do some other shopping. Oh, yeah. Left it in the car there. and uh, It's like, uh, you know, with your lime trees without a heat source. Yeah. They, they can still, uh, if there's no sun out there, the car can be pretty cold. But, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're right. You do have to protect them. 
like below 50 degrees, would you say, or? Okay. What, on poinsettias? Well, on any house plant. I mean just, uh, or any house plant. I, I would say definitely below, nothing below 40 degrees. Oh, okay, right. Because it, it depends on the house plant. Yeah, and, the, and it, yeah, it depends on the plant, and the the wind, is, is, is like Jerry said, can be a factor. But if you wanted to err on the side of safety. Nothing just, below 40. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, and now, then, well, one other tip they had is, if you get those soil mats, you can put a layer of sand on top of your potting soil, and, and they don't like that. Yeah, that's true. Where where are you calling from? Are you calling from? Are you in Wisconsin now? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Do you live there? You live in San Antonio. I live in San Antonio. I'm just a truck driver. I'm I'm just. Oh, up here. cool. Cool. I'll be glad right. to I'll be glad to head back to your way next week though, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I imagine it's really, well, well I know it's a little warmer down here. Alan, I, I take it you don't get any place close. I, in the paper they said that Embarrass, Minnesota, I guess is up in the northwest corner, was uh, for the third row in a, uh, for third day in a row was minus forty four degrees. Oh no. Oh it's in it's it's in Jerry's Jerry's uh, got the paper there with the Low low temperature, but gosh, that's just hard to imagine. So, Alan, do, do you listen to us on the app, or do you listen to, or you just knew we were on the air, so you called? I don't know. I'm from San Antonio. I listen to you every weekend. Okay, but on how are app, you listening to app. us? Cool, good deal. All right. I, I well, listen to we, you, and uh, I listen to you and Bob Webster and John Dromgoo every weekend. All right. It's a wonder you're still sane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Yeah, this is exciting, Alan. Right. I didn't know we had a separate friend. All right. Oh, yeah. All we right. get. Thank I you. think we get emails from Alan, too. Oh, good. Okay. Well, thanks, Alan. You take care. And keep the Smokies yeah, something. No, uh, don't go north. Keep the bugs off your bumper and the Smokies off your uh, gut. And I can't remember. Oh. Alan will have to call us and tell us. How you say goodbye to a trucker. <laughs> on the line at 210-308-8867. Hi, Shane. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Um, just so you guys know, I'm listening to you guys on the iHeartRadio app. Oh, good. Okay. I, um, it's kind of warbled. Oh, it's, uh, he listens to us on the iHeartRadio app. Oh. So he listens to us on the app, too. Right. Now, Shane, you're in town, though, aren't you? Well, I'm actually down at the ranch this weekend. Oh, okay. I'm down doing a little bit of deer hunting. Um, oh, wow. I do, have a, I do have a question for you. Um, at a couple of my buildings, we're wanting to replace a bunch of mulch, and I've talked to the owner about going with rubber mulch, but a couple of the tenants are saying, no, don't do that, it gets too hot, and <laughs> all that stuff. Um, well, the main the main problem with it is it, it won't decompose. You know, it's a and sometimes it's not attractive. But uh, it's I, I think you ought to stick with bark. Is it is it? What is she talking about? Rubber mulch? Yeah, yeah. I always I used to find it. We, we there was a lot of interest in it a few years ago, and I I found the colored was kind of interesting for a while, but it kind of declined the color. Kind of declined and it uh, faded, huh? Yeah, faded and it didn't didn't have the same appeal that it did in the uh, originally. 
But I think you should. I think you should stay natural. <laughs> yeah, Jerry. Okay. Jerry was. Uh, is a, a real advocate for the, the natural native way, you know, Shane. Okay. Well, I, I don't. I think in I, some situ. I think in some situations that's kind of attractive and different, and uh, um, yeah. just like that glass, the the glass mulches uh-huh. too. So, so. Yeah. What color were you looking at? Uh, well, we were we were looking at. You know, several different colors. They're looking like four different colors. Uh-huh. Um, and, I mean, we're going to, when it's all said and done, we're going to be putting down about seven yards of it. Wow. And so it just... And, I can't remember. You know, is it ex- expensive or is it in- inexpensive? Uh, when you start buying in bulk, I want to say... My landscaper priced it, and it was almost eleven hundred dollars a yard. Gracious! I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's fairly expensive. Yeah, that's serious. It'd have to be pretty nice look for me. Go for eleven hundred dollars yeah. a yard. Yeah, well, barge, and, barge, barge, not that expensive. No, <laughs> no, no. It just no, not it, at just, all. it just won't last that long. Yeah, forty dollars. Exactly. I mean, every three months we've got to start adding to it again. So, you know, that's what we're trying to get away from the constant maintenance of it. But, you know, that's going to be a fact of life. And I talked to the, the owner and she told me with the tennis concerns. And I'm like, okay. I told her I was calling the radio show this weekend. And she's like, okay, do that. See what they have to say. But are there, you know, other than it fading and stuff like this, because some of the stuff we're looking at is guaranteed. To retain its color for like six years. Six years? Wow. Yeah, that yeah. you couldn't beat that. You can't beat that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, for what we'd be paying for it. <laughs> was he able? Was he able to tell you some places that where where it's out where you can look at it? Uh, no, he hadn't been able to. Um, but I've seen a couple of. I've been to a couple of clients' houses that had it. And it looked nice, but it had only been down, you know, eight months, maybe a year. Yeah. You know, we used to use it on some of those sites at the uh, Botanical Garden, uh, the, the, the Xeriscape options or the examples of the various, and a few, a few, a few of them had, uh, had, had some of those exotic uh, mulch, the glass and the, mm-hmm. and the rubber. I don't know if that's... If they still are up to date on that, or if they still have uh, some of the some of those still are using that kind of mulch, but it might be interesting. Just give them a call, see if they are. Hey Shane, we need to run. Okay, y'all have a good day, guys. Stay warm, Shane. Yep. All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven is our number. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up right after this on nine thirty a.m. The answer.
Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Millburgers is having its quarterly blood drive this Saturday from 10 to 1.30. We want you to come on out and give blood. The South Texas Blood and Tissue Center says that blood is an urgent supply because during the holidays what happens is people have other things to do. The need goes up and the amount of donations goes down, so they're in an urgent situation right now. Millburgers has stepped up to the plate, and they're offering a great incentive for you to give blood. Normally what they do is give you a $10 gift certificate for giving blood, whether you're able to or not. Now Millburgers is saying, okay, because blood is an urgent supply, we're going to give you a $20 gift certificate for coming out and trying to give blood. Now, again, the blood drive is from 10 to 1.30 over at Millburgers at 1604 and Bull Road. And again, blood is an urgent supply. So come on out, mark your calendar, and be there this Saturday from 10 to 1.30. That's all at Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bull Road. For more information, go to millburgernursery.com. Dale Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 930 a.m. The Answer. Hi, Rose. Thanks for coming over for lunch. Come on in. Ah, thanks, Linda, for having me. Wow, it smells like garlic in here. Are you trying to ward off some vampires? (laughs) Not at all. I recently read an article on the health benefits of garlic, so I'm trying to add more into my daily diet. Why don't you just take Kyolic Aged Garlic? What's Kyolic Aged Garlic? Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract is the number one best-selling odorless garlic supplement on the market today. Notice I said odorless. Oh, really? Tell me more. Not only is Kyolic organically grown, but it's aged for 20 months, creating beneficial compounds not found in fresh or powdered garlic. Is there any research? Can you believe there's over 750 published scientific studies that prove aged garlic extract reduces many cardiovascular risk factors and supports overall immunity? So where can I get Kyolic? Get all your health needs today at Rhonda's Nature's Way, 624 Southwest Military in Chopper City Mall and 8059 Callahan at I-10 West and Callahan. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. The Iranian people have taken to the streets in the largest mass protest since 2009, demanding freedom and economic change. There simply is no bigger story in the world right now, and the media establishment ought to be covering it more extensively. There are several options available in the United States as we consider how to respond. We can assist the Saudis and the Arab states in providing satellite Wi-Fi services to the protesters who are currently blocked from using social media by the Iranian government. If the Iranian government attempts to brutally repress the protests in the style of the infamous Tiananmen Square crackdown in China, the United States should consider instituting a blockade. Individual and trade sanctions are also a possibility. There are even reports that the United States has given the okay to Israel to assassinate General Soleimani, who is the commander of the Iranian Quds Force of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. Whatever action is taken, we must praise the decision of President Trump to support publicly the Iranian people in their effort to live in a country that is stable and offers them and their children a decent standard of life. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer San Antonio skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer San Antonio. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. 
9.30 a.m., The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, and your calls at 210-308-8867. Give us a call and be a part of the show. I've got the sad news. The My purple heart... Oh no! Flat to the ground because huh, of the weather. You, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just gave it, it up just, for the weather. It's finally just quit. It's, uh, <laughs> had enough of this. But uh, it, it would get me. But that—that's the perfect thing to happen to Purple Heart or uh, Purple. A lot of people call it uh, Wandering Jew, uh-huh. but uh, we call it Purple Heart. Uh, it. Uh, is for it to freeze back to the ground. Now, do do not be distract, distressed that you think it might have killed it, because it's coming back. It'll come back with beautiful purple shoots. Uh, first, uh, first war, warm weather period, but uh, it's a succulent. Uh, it's like purslane, so any any type of cold will. Uh, especially the hard freezes that we had, and a long duration freezes, will uh, take it to the ground. It's, it's just laying flat on top of the ground. The uh, you you were mentioning the um, broccoli might be sensitive, especially yeah. with yeah. Mine looks kind of ratty, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it's just got a little bit of burn on it, and it's gonna yeah. it's gonna. Uh, be fine. Had yours headed? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Mine has already had the big heads harvested, and then it's got a lot of the small, small heads on it. Uh, the uh, Brussels sprouts didn't seem to be affected by it at all. Uh, cauliflower, no. I've harvested Not all Brussels the cauliflower. Sprouts. Turnips weren't, rutabagas weren't affected. Oh, really? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Those rutabagas must be tough. Uh, oh, yeah. The uh, English peas and the sweet peas. Uh, they, they took it. The English peas didn't seem to be, they they, they, they had a little burn. Oh, is that right? I was yeah, already taking up to the kind ground. Of flattened. It flattened. And the sweet peas are kind of flattened. I suspect <laughs> they're going to come back. Uh, you know, it's... So one of those, don't touch them until they've really given a true indication of whether they're going to be affected by the yeah. cold or not. Yeah, you know, sweet peas, I've always said that it's either too cold or too hot for them, and they this may have been uh, too cold, but the foliage still looks green, and there's not, not any browning on it that I can tell. Mm. A Duranta froze. And, of course, all of our, um, the uh, salvia, the summer salvias and uh, our lantanas and esperanza, firebush, of course. Did you see any uh, damage on, did you say you didn't cover orange frost or? I didn't. You didn't, that's good. And it didn't burn back? It didn't seem to have, have any impact on it. That's good. How um, many hours was it? Do you remember how many continuous hours below? Well, yeah, at least uh, at least thirty, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how many chilling hours? Dennis sent me that information. Which uh, the uh, the below freezing or chilling hours? Well, at least a hundred, oh. hundred plus. Really? That, that week, yeah. Wow. Now, now the problem is too. Once 
Once it falls a little bit below 32, the chilling hours don't really count. Oh, really? <laughs> it's either yeah. too, too cold or so. But that, all that temperature, the all that 32 to 35 really counts. Yeah. 40 degrees even is, is good chilly. So that'll be interesting. Do you still have your plums? I do. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and they then the peaches, yeah, you know, the peaches and plums and apples look like. Yeah, they they fared very very well. Knocked knocked all the leaves off. That's part. That's good. Yeah. And so, so what do we got? We got a month, month and a half, when we could still have some cool weather. So I think maybe maybe we'll get a decent crop this year, or so that the uh, birds and the the farmers will have plenty of yeah. peaches and plums. To eat. <laughs> uh, Neil's bear has been. Pushing it, pushing this, get rid of the mistletoe hard. Hmm. Uh, I got a, I got a note from Neil. He he got a picture of a, of a citrus that he wanted me to uh, uh, tell him what was wrong with it. And uh, it's it, what it is. It's just uh, on young young citrus trees or tre- that. Uh, the first fruit that they have on young citrus trees is is puffy. Yeah, that's big and puffy. kind of stuff. And uh, I, I don't, I've never heard that given a name, but uh, I'm I'm just gonna tell him it's a physiological disorder, which I think it is. Or if you're if you overfruited, which everybody does, overfruited the the bush one year. A lot of times it'll have a few fruit on it, and they'll be puffy like yeah. that. Yeah, and I think too, if you have a uh, defoliation, new foliage, yeah, you, you kind of get some of that too. Although my the lemons did did well, but some of some of these satsumas from last year were, were were not as as good as normal. Yeah, not not like yours. Yours really. Oh yeah, they tasted were wonderful. Great. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, getting back to this uh, mistletoe, I'm going to have to ask Neil, and I'll ask it uh, to people out there: Have you ever seen a tree killed by mistletoe? Because it's a parasite, and most parasites don't kill the host. Usually, I mean, if they kill the host, yeah, they're done for. I know I've got mesquites that have. We've had 30-plus years in the yard that don't look any different to me than... With, they, with mistletoe. With mistletoe, yeah. Start. Everyone, everybody, about, about every eight or nine years, I get an urge to pull it out. <laughs> but then, then I'll see the, the birds yeah. feeding on it, and then I'll, I'll say, well, no, maybe I won't do that. What's wrong with Neil? Not, not taking care of the low-flying birds or... Yeah, well, Jerry, you'll yeah. appreciate it. I, in the article I wrote for next Saturday about freeze, um, I talked about all those firebush and esperanza and duranta, yeah, all those. Yeah. And then I said, so you can go ahead and cut them off, to the prune them off if you want. And I said, oh, but better yet, you can... Uh, uh, leave join Jerry and, and leave them, leave them for in place for yeah for the rest of the winter. So that nice. makes some shelter. Yeah. 
But anyway, Neil, how does Neil suggest you get rid of it? He said he got a question. Uh, we have a lot of mistletoe in our trees. How can we eliminate it? Now, my question is, why would you want to eliminate a greenery in winter? In, in winter and trees that have no no foliage. Uh, but anyway. Unless they're afraid. He said uh, mistletoe is a parasitic plant that develops its roots into the host plant branches. There is no spray that will kill it without harming the host tree. Therefore, pruning is your only means of removing it. How story of. Yeah. That's <laughs> listen, listen to him remembering all this thing. That's that's the connecting oh, okay. part of, of mistletoe. Is it Astoria? But anyway, uh, and he talks about getting it the first year uh, while it's still small. By the time they're large as the ones in your tree, you're going to have to remove some significant branches. But the fact remains that there's only one good way to get rid of them. Your only other option is use a long-handled pole pruner and nip off the growth of the mistletoe to keep it from pinning out. I've, now, my question to Neil would be, how can I spread the mistletoe in the tree so you'll have an evergreen tree in the oh. world? I think I'll write him that back. Yeah, you should. I mean, they'll appreciate that. Yeah. I've, I've heard people that are uh, less afraid of what it does to the trees and are worried about their their pets, poor, poor their dogs, the, yeah, the, and uh, bears and things. Uh, mine, mine. I've always got mistletoe, you know, on the ground under oh, the trees right? and everything. And I've never, as far as I can tell, I don't. I've never had a, any of those many dogs I've had be affected by it. Yeah. They don't seem to be interested in... Seems like the barriers are very poor. It's supposed to be very poor. Yeah. yeah. But I've never seen them... I or, bet I bet if they would eat it, they would throw it up. You know, hear, uh, cause them to have nausea. So, uh, uh, I, I don't I, even... I just I, don't see the problem with them missile yeah. dumps. Should we call Neil? We could do no. He's on his own show. I think. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I'll 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 drop him a line. Drop a line. Kind of irritate him a little. Bit. <laughs> uh, then uh, somebody wants to root English ivy and transplant them to a new bed to get started. Uh, English, they, English ivy has to, pretty well has to have a. Um, Pretty well has to have a mist bed, at least the way the commercial people do it is on a mist bed, and uh, high high concentrations of uh, uh, of hormones uh, dip. Yeah, the question was, can you t- uh, dig, dig up runners. dig up a little piece of root and and I I think that if you got a healthy bed that's expanding, that 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 works to get yeah. a piece of a root and so, some. Let's see. I'm thinking. Does ivy, in other words, a lot of a lot of plants, uh, uh, when they touch the ground, they root. They send out a root system. So if you could find one that's that's touch touching the ground, just started that rooting. Starting that rooting. Or if if they root like that, you could uh, get some uh, get some of the runners. Uh, and uh, scrape the uh, scrape the bottom of them, 
and uh, put some rooting hormone on that. So uh, uh, that and then bury it, uh, you know, st- but still attached to the plant. Uh, kind of like air layering, but uh, in the in the in the in the ground. Um, well, hang on a sec. Did you? Uh, can we take a break? I'm through. I'm, I'm through. Okay, 210-308-8867 is our number. We're going to take a break. While we do, give us a call, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live. We're uh, from Millburgers Landscape Nursery. But they're supposed to be four on Boulevardy Road where the sun is just peeking through the clouds over there. So uh, come on out and... Uh, what an uh, imagination. Look right there. It's, 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 it's on the horizon. It's, yeah. it's bright. Look look low. (laughs) Look low, Calvin. Look low. Back in a moment with more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, 930 AM, The Answer goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside our radio. We are now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous on iTunes, on iHeart, on our own app, on our website, on conservativeradio.com, on your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 9.30 a.m., The Answer. If you lease office, retail, or warehouse space for your business, the last thing you want to do is overpay the landlord. But it happens every day. Hi, I'm Scott McMurray and president of Bottom Line Realty Advisors. We work with business people who want an effective strategy for their next real estate decision. Whether leasing or buying, it affects your bottom line. Your landlord has representation, and you should too. Even if you're a good tenant with no plans to move at all, You're the most vulnerable to getting a really bad deal. We only represent our clients, never landlords, so we have no conflict of interest. We stay on your side. Call me, Scott McMurrian, at 210-535-7800, and we'll negotiate from a position of strength. BottomLineRealtyAdvisors.com Bottom Line Realty Advisors We get the landlord off your bottom line Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. 
Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer San Antonio skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer San Antonio. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. 9.30 a.m., the answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. Next Saturday, David Rodriguez will be here, and David will be conducting the first adult gardening seminar of the year here at Millburgers, growing a home fruit orchard. Uh, it's going to be from 1030 to noon next Saturday at the amphitheater. No reservations, no cost. Just come on out, pen and paper, lots of questions, and uh, have a good time listening to all the good information. Uh, David will also, in the morning of the uh, 10th, be over at the Garden Center uh, talking specifically about citrus. So uh, that will be a good presentation as well. And it's free. Yeah. So you can uh, do that one as well. Did and you say uh, the time it started? It looks like it starts at uh, 9.30 and the program starts at 10. Okay. So, uh, But uh, for more information on uh, those programs and uh, David's appearance here, uh, go to MillburgerNursery.com, MillburgerNursery.com. Where you can find about about the recycled Christmas trees too. Yeah, uh, uh, bringing those in. Yep. Uh, so bring your Christmas tree in, your fresh cut tree, uh, whether you bought it here or not. Uh, Millburgers will recycle it for you, and they'll give you a twenty percent off coupon to be used for any regularly priced merchandise through the end of February. And just just in time for all the trees. Yeah, fruit trees. And there's still uh, still a lot of cool weather flowers. I was just got a whiff of the uh, I don't know my imagination or if it, those are the, the surely the stocks. I think that's. Did you smell it? I smell it too. Hmm. Or is there is there a listen close? No. 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 I think it's a, there's a big area of uh, stocks and big ten inch pots that are wow showy and uh, really fragrant. And they've got uh, a lot of good, good-looking strawberries. Ooh! If you want to plant strawberries, hmm. did you? Didn't you plant strawberries this year? No, not yet. I planted celery and broccoli. Oh yeah, I, uh, the celery shouldn't have liked that freeze. It did not like the freeze, but it seems okay now. Huh? Mine didn't. Mine. It it it, it kind of cowered down. It kind of oh, like got yeah. real close to the ground. And yeah. But that but once it, once all, it almost up. all the greens kind of did that. Yeah, the celery is good. Once it warmed up, yeah, it was yeah. fine. That was good. You it's know, nice, back up. good in the salads and things. As hard as it froze, I would I would think that uh, it, instead of being crisp, it should be soft. I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I'll look at it again, but it looked okay. Now some of the and some of the the stocks may have been. It may be like a few of them are just kind of. Uh, yeah. And some of them are kind of you know crisp and. Firm, but I'll look at it. I'll bring a picture tomorrow. <laughs> well, brother, brother, than that, just bring us a stock. Okay. And your picture uh, of your rutabagas too. Oh, the rutabagas! I tell you what, uh, that that rutabaga orchard I have going. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I can't even begin to tell you how well that's yeah. going. Can't even begin. I won't. 
<laughs> All right. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. Somebody has a, wants, uh, wants to know how to prune. Well, first of, first of all, if your citrus or something has gotten hurt, we t- just remember we tell everybody, don't prune it now. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, wait. Yeah, I, kn- I know it'll kill you to do, to to wait for, especially if you see some burnt foliage on that. And I'm I'm mainly talking about citrus. Uh, I would also like to get, but uh, wait until the new growth starts. Do you so you see new growth? And then cut it back uh, where the uh, dead growth start. Or when we can, we'll be ta- talking a lot about uh, yeah. freeze damage the next few weeks, and starting with my article next weekend. Uh, but you'll find that uh, the same plant has probably been affected differently depending on where it, yeah. where it is yeah. and yeah. what condition they're in, and. So there's a lot, a lot of variables, and that's one of the reasons why you wait to make sure that you, the, your the plant has uh, made the decision or uh, is, is affected before you start cutting on it. Yeah, I'd be interested in getting reports uh, back on uh, orange frost and uh, uh, orange frost and Arctic frost and bumper. And bumper, well, bumper, bumper should freeze. Because my, my bump, be, be, bumper be didn't, didn't have very many leaves. It was too busy with fruit. It didn't have yeah. space for leaves, I think. But bumper should be damaged more than the others. And uh, also the the satsumas that you might have, citrus, the sito, miho, and okitsu, uh, that, that you didn't cover. Uh, if you gave them any kind of protection at all, I, I doubt if they'd burn a leaf on yeah. them. But uh, I'm, I'm mainly interested in those that, that uh, weren't covered. I can't. Uh, I don't have any of the the old varieties. Yeah. But, um, I didn't notice any damage. On the orange frost? On the orange frost or the Arctic frost. And then I've got one that's grown kind of in a sheltered spot the biggest one and that didn't seem to you have bumper don't you yeah i've got bumper and Bump- you didn't see any damage no any? but it's a little deceptive because the there's so there's so few leaves on it that oh okay so i don't you know because uh, it had so much fruit yeah yeah i, I probably let I, I left all that. I was just fascinated by all that uh, fruit that was on there. He probably uh, he probably left it on there. <laughs> uh, uh, but th- that that especially is going to be one that I won't really know how it's been affected until I, the new growth starts. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking that it's uh, not really any damage that uh, we'll, we'll get new new leaves, and I'll be, I'll. I promise I'll do my best to, to reduce the, the fruit load. It's too late. You've already next messed year, the next tree year, up. Next year. <laughs> next bu- year. There's always next year. Because <laughs> Bumper has a has a uh, ability to overfruit. Uh, it seems to overfruit every year. And uh, then still have rather well, the If you do it every year, is it an overfruit? <laughs> yeah, I guess not. 
but uh, it doesn't seem to go into the alternate bearing cycle that uh, a lot of our citrus goes into. So, uh, but I, when you leave the leave that fruit on as long as I did, uh, it, it produced the sweetest sitos uh, that I've ever grown. But the foliage is thinned out, like you said, because uh, it has so much fruit on it, and that's one of the reasons it's, you like to you need to get the fo- the fruit off of those things uh, as as soon as humanly possible. But uh, in San Antonio, since we have such late freezes, uh, you you and you and you want to eat the fruit a little bit at a time. Uh, in other words, I I had I gave fruit away for Christmas, Christmas present, and uh, like I said, uh, and we brought some up here, and that was sweetest sweet sweetest yeah. sweet fruit I've ever grown. You know, the uh, onions didn't seem to be phased by the the cold, but and it's still it's uh, still time to get onions in your garden. Yeah, I I, I take Niels Berry's newsletter. And one of the tips for this week is it's time to start planting onions. Hmm. Time, huh? <laughs> and uh, he he doesn't realize we've been planting them since Halloween, uh, but uh, I'm still thinking that we're going to get some flowering out of those, especially the ones that grew big. The ones we planted in the middle of summer? Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, I was, people love onions, and we still have some available. Yeah, I was, that's why I mentioned that. There was a, a gardener over there was trying to pick which variety she wanted. To, <laughs> What's, a, well, we'll replace the onions variety. tomorrow. Okay. All righty, because we've run out of time. We're going to begin to wrap things up. Again, don't forget David Rodriguez. Hey, the be, sun's shining over there. Uh-huh, what are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna uh, don't forget David Rodriguez will be here next uh, Saturday uh, from ten until well it starts at ten uh, and ten to ten thirty to noon rather ten thirty to noon and uh, you can get more information on that by going to millburgernursery.com. Uh, thanks to Dean Norton who came in and talked to us. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Roy for doing a great job. And we'll see you tomorrow back here at the nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.